new on CuriosityStream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. At One Day University... We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to Connect the Conspiracy with your host, Larry Elise. Join him as he dives into some of the biggest conspiracies in history and attempts to separate fact from fiction. Welcome to Connect the Conspiracy Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lease. In today's episode, we're diving into Billy the Kid. Was he eventually shot, shot to death, or did he manage to escape and live a long life and die of old age? We will discuss that today. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pondex, for sponsoring this episode. Check them out today at pondex.com. Use the promo code Larry21. For 10% off your order. Henry McCarty was orphaned at the age of 15. His first arrest was for stealing food at the age of 16 in late 1875. Ten days later, he robbed a Chinese laundry and was again arrested, but escaped shortly afterward. He fled from New York, or excuse me, New Mexico Territory into neighboring Arizona Territory, making himself both an outlaw and a federal fugitive. In 1877, he began to call himself William H. Bonney. Two versions of a wanted poster dated September 23, 1875, refer to him as W.M. Wright, better known as Billy the Kid. Henry McCarthy was born to parents of Irish Catholic ancestry, Catherine and Patrick McCarthy, New York City. While his birth year has been confirmed as 1859, the exact date of his birth has been disputed as either September 17th November 23rd of that year. A letter from an official of St. Pete's Church in Manhattan states it is in possession of records showing he was baptized there on September 28, 1859. Census records indicate that his younger brother, Joseph McCarty, was born in 1863. Following the death of her husband Patrick, Catherine and her sons moved to Indianapolis, Indiana, where she met William Henry Harrison Antrim. The family moved with 
him to Wichita, Kansas in 1870. After moving again a few years later, Catherine married him on March 1st, 1873 at the First Presbyterian Church in Santa Fe, New Mexico Territory. McCarthy and his brother Joseph were witnesses to the ceremony. Shortly afterward, the family moved from Santa Fe to Silver City, New Mexico, and Joseph McCarty began using the name Joseph Antry shortly before her, uh, his mother Catherine died of tuberculosis, then called consumption on September 16, 1874. William abandoned the McCarty boys, leaving them orphans. McCarty was 15 years old when his mother died. Sarah Brown, the owner of a boarding house, gave him room and board in exchange for work on September. September 16, 1875, McCarty was caught stealing food. Ten days later, McCarty and George Schaefer robbed a Chinese laundry stealing clothing and two pistols. McCarty was charged with theft and was jailed. He escaped two days later and became a fugitive. As reported in the Silver City Herald the next day, the first story published about him. McCarty located his stepfather and stayed with him until Antrim threw him out. McCarty stole clothing and guns from him. It was the last time the two saw each other. After leaving, McCarty traveled to southeastern Arizona Territory, where he worked as a ranch hand and gambled his wages in nearby gaming houses. In 1876, he was hired as a ranch hand by well-known rancher Henry Hooker. During this time, McCarty became acquaint acquainted excuse me, with John R. Mackey, a Scottish-born criminal and former U.S. Cavalry private who, following his discharge, remained near a U.S. Army post at Camp Grant in Arizona. The two men soon began stealing horses from local soldiers. McCarty became known as Kid Antrim because of his youth, slight build, clean-shaven appearance, and personality. On August 17, 1877, McCarty was at a saloon in the village of Bonita when he got into an argument with Francis P. Windy Cahill, a blacksmith who reportedly had Billy um, bullied McCarty and on more than one occasion called him a pimp. McCarty in turn called Cahill a son of a bitch. Whereupon Cahill threw McCarty to the floor and the two struggled for McCarty's revolver. McCarty shot and mortally wounded Cahill. Cahill. A witness said Billy had no choice. He had to use his equalizer. The man died the following day. Billy fled but returned a few days later and was apprehended by Miles Wood the local justice of the peace. Billy was detained and held in the Camp Grant guardhouse but escaped before law enforcement could arrive. McCarty stole a horse and fled Arizona Territory for New Mexico. But Apaches took the horse from him, leaving him to walk many miles to the nearest settlement. At Fort Stanton in the Pecos Valley, Billy, starving and near death, went to the home of friend and Seven Rivers Warriors gang member, John Jones, whose mother Barbara nursed him back to health. After regaining his health, Billy went to Apache Tejo, a former army post where he joined a, hand, a band of rustlers who raided herds owned by cattle magnate John Chisholm in Lincoln County. After Billy was spotted in Silver City, his involvement with the gang was mentioned in a local newspaper. At some point in 1877, Billy began to refer to himself by the name William H. Bonney. Billy and three other survivors of the Battle of Lincoln were near the Scalero Indian Agency when the agency bookkeeper, Morris Bernstein, was murdered on August 5, 1878. All four were indicted for the murder, despite conflicting evidence that Bernstein had been killed by Constable Atancio Martinez. All of the indictments except Billy's were later quashed.
On October 5, 1878, U.S. Marshal John Sherman informed newly appointed territorial governor and former Union Army General Lee Wallace that he held warrants for several men, including William H. Antrim, alias Kidd, alias Bonnie, but was unable to execute them. Owing to the disturbed condition of affairs in that county, resulting from the acts of a desperate class of men, Wallace issued an amnesty proclamation on November 13, 1878, which pardoned anyone involved in the Lincoln County War since Tunstall's murder. It specifically excluded persons who had been convicted of an or indicted for a crime, and therefore excluded Billy. On February 18, 1879, Billy and friend Tom O. Folliard were in Lincoln and watched as attorney Huston Chapman was shot and his corpse set on fire. According to eyewitnesses, the pair were innocent bystanders forced at gunpoint by Jesse Evans to witness the murder. Billy wrote to Governor Wallace on March 13, 1879, with an offer to provide information on the murder in exchange for amnesty. On March 15th, Governor Wallace replied, agreeing to a secret meeting to discuss the situation. McCarty, Billy, met with Wallace and Lincoln on March 17, 1879. During the meeting and the subsequent correspondence, Wallace promised Billy protection from his enemies and clemency if he would offer his testimony to a grand jury. On March 20th, Wallace wrote to McCarthy, quote, to remove all suspicion of understanding, I think it better to put the arresting party in charge of Sheriff Kimbrell, who shall be instructed to see that no violence is used. Billy responded on the same day, agreeing to testify and confirming Wallace's proposal for his arrest and detention in a local jail to assure his safety. On March 21st, Billy let himself be captured by a posse led by Sheriff George Kimball of Lincoln County. As agreed, Billy provided a statement about Chapman's murder and testified in court. However, after Billy's testimony, the local DA refused to set him free. Still in custody several weeks later, Billy began to suspect Wallace had used subterfuge and would never grant him amnesty. Billy escaped from the Lincoln County Jail on June 17, 1879. Billy avoided further violence until January 10, 1880, when he shot and killed Joe Grant, a newcomer to the area at Hargrove Saloon in Fort Sumner, New Mexico. The Santa Fe Weekly New Mexican reported, quote, Billy Bonnie, more extensively known as a kid, shot and killed Joe Grant. The origin of the difficulty was not learned. According to other contemporary sources, McCarthy had been warned Grant intended to kill him. He walked up to Grant, told him he admired his revolver, and asked to examine it. Grant handed it over before returning the pistol, which he noticed contained only three cartridges. Billy positioned the cylinder so the next hammer fall would land on an empty chamber. Grant suddenly post pointed his pistol at Billy's face and pulled the trigger. When it failed to fire, McCarthy drew his own weapon and shot Grant in the head. The reporter for the Las Vegas Optic quoted Billy as saying the encounter, quote, was a game of two, and I got there first. In 1880, Billy formed a friendship with a rancher named Jim Greathouse, who later introduced him to Dave Rudabaugh. On November 29, 1880, Billy Rudabaugh and Billy Wilson ran from a posse led by Sheriff Deputy James Carlisle. Cornered at Greathouse's ranch, Billy told the posse that they were holding Greathouse as a hostage. Carlisle offered to exchange places with Greathouse, and Billy accepted the offer. Carlisle later attempted to escape by jumping through a window, but he was shot three times and killed. The shootout ended in a standoff. The 
posse withdrew, and Billy, Rudabaugh, and Wilson rode away. A few weeks after the Great House incident, Billy, Rudabaugh, Wilson, O'Fire, Charlie Boundary, and Tom Pickett rode into Fort Sumner. Unbeknownst to Billy and his companions, a posse led by Pat Garrett was waiting for them. Posse opened fire, killing O'Folliard, and the rest of the outlaws escaped unharmed. On December 13, 1880, Governor Wallace posted a $500 bounty for Billy's capture. Pat Garrett continued his search for McCarthy on December 23rd, following the siege in which Bowdry was killed. Garrett and his posse captured McCarthy along with Pickett, Rudabon Wilson at Stinking Springs. Prisoners, including McCarthy, were shackled and taken to Fort Sumner, then later to Las Vegas, New Mexico. When they arrived on December 26, they were met by crowds of curious onlookers. The following day, an armed mob gathered at the train depot before the prisoners, who were already on board the train with Garrett, departed for Santa Fe. Deputy Sheriff Romero, backed by the angry group of men, demanded custody of Dave Rudabaugh, who, during an unsuccessful successful escape on April 5th, 1880, shot and killed Deputy Antonio Valdez in the process. Garrett refused to surrender the prisoner and a tense confrontation, confrontation ensued until he agreed to let the sheriff and the two other men accompany the party to Santa Fe, where they would eventually petition the governor to release Rudabaugh to them. In a later interview with a reporter, Billy said he was unafraid during the incident, saying, quote, if I only had my Winchester, I'd lick the whole crowd. The Las Vegas Gazette ran a story from a jailhouse interview following Billy's capture when the reporter said Bonnie appeared relaxed. He replied, replied, quote, what's the use of looking on the gloomy side of everything? It laughs on me this time. During his short career as an outlaw, Billy was the subject of numerous U.S. newspaper articles, some as far away as New York. After arriving in Santa Fe, Billy, seeking clemency, sent Governor Wallace four letters over the next three months. Wallace refused to intervene, and Billy went to trial on April 1881 in Mesilla, New Mexico. Following two days of testimony, Billy was found guilty of Sheriff Brady's murder. It was the only conviction secured against any of the combatants in the Lincoln County War. On April 13th, Judge Warren Bristol sentenced Billy to hang, his execution scheduled for May 13th, 1881. According to a legend, upon sentencing, the judge told Billy he was going to hang until he was dead, dead, dead. Billy's response was, you can go to hell, hell, hell. According to the historical record, he did not speak after the reading of the sentence. Following his sentencing, Billy was moved to Lincoln, where he was held under guard on the top floor of the town courthouse. On the evening of April 28, 1881, while Garrett was in White Oaks collecting taxes, Deputy Bob Olinger took five other prisoners across the street for a meal, leaving, leaving James Bell, another deputy, alone with Billy at the jail. Billy asked to be taken outside to use the outhouse behind the courthouse on their return to the jail. Billy, who was walking ahead of Bell up the stairs of his cell, hit around a blind corner, slipped out of his handcuffs, and beat Bell with the loose end of the cuffs. During the scuffle, Billy grabbed Bell's revolver and fatally shot him in the back as Bell tried to get away. Billy, with his legs still shackled, broke into Garrett's office and took a loaded shotgun left behind by Olinger. Billy waited at the upstairs window for Olinger to respond to the gunshot that killed Bill and called out to him. 
Look up, old boy, and see what you get. When he looked up, Bonnie shot and killed him. After about an hour, Billy freed himself from the leg irons with an axe. He obtained a horse and rode out of town. According to some stories, he was singing as he left Lincoln. While Billy was on the run, Governor Wallace placed a new $500 bounty on the fugitive's head. Almost three months after his escape, Garrett, responding to rumors that McCarthy was in the vicinity of Fort Sumner, left, left Lincoln with two deputies on July 14, 1881, to question resident Pete Maxwell, a friend of Billy's. Maxwell, son of land baron Lucien Maxwell, spoke with Garrett the same day for several hours. Around midnight, the pair sat in Maxwell's darkened bedroom when Billy unexpectedly entered. Accounts vary as the course of events, according to the canonical version. As he entered the room, Billy failed to recognize Garrett due to the poor lighting. Drawing his revolver and backing away, Billy asked, Kianis, Kianis. Recognizing Billy's voice, Garrett drew his revolver and fired twice. The first bullet struck Billy in the chest just above his heart, while the second missed. Garrett's account leaves it unclear whether Billy was killed instantly or took some time to die. A few hours after the shooting, a local justice of the peace assembled a coroner's jury of six people. The jury members interviewed Maxwell and Garrett, and Billy's body and the location of the shooting was examined. The jury certified the body as Billy's, and according to a local newspaper, the jury foreman said, quote, it was the kid's body that we examined. Billy was given a wake by candlelight, and he was buried the next day, and his grave was denoted with a wooden marker. Five days after Billy's killing, Garrett traveled to Santa Fe, New Mexico to collect the $500 reward offered by Governor Wallace for his capture, dead or alive. William Rich, the acting New Mexico, Mexico governor, refused to pay the reward. Over the next few weeks, the residents of Las Vegas, Mesilla, Santa Fe, White Oaks, and other New Mexico cities raised over $7,000 in reward money for Garrett. A year and four days after Billy's death, the New Mexico Territorial Legislature passed a special act to grant Garrett the $500 bounty reward promised by Governor Wallace. Because people had begun to claim Garrett unfairly ambushed Billy, Garrett felt the need to tell his side of the story and called upon his friend, journalist Marshall Upson, to ghostwrite a book for him. The book, The Authentic Life of Bill the Kid, was first published in April 1882. Although only a few copies sold following its release in time, it became a reference for later historians who wrote about Billy's life. Over time, legends grew claiming that Billy was not killed and that Garrett staged the incident in death out of friendship so that Billy could evade the law. During the next 50 years, a number of men claimed they were Billy the Kid. Most of these claims were easily disproven, but two have remained topics of discussion and debate. In 1948, a Central Texas man, Albany Roberts, also known as Brushy Billy Roberts, began claiming he was Billy the Kid and went before New Mexico Governor Thomas Mabry seeking a pardon. Mabry dismissed Roberts' claims, and Roberts died shortly afterward. Nevertheless, Hico, Texas, Roberts' town of residence, capitalized on his claim by opening a Billy the Kid museum. John Miller, an Arizona man, also claimed to be Billy. This was unsupported by his family until 1938, sometime after his death. Miller's body was buried in the state-owned Arizona Pioneers Home Cemetery in Prescott, Arizona. Miller's teeth and bones were exhumed and examined without permission from the state. 
DNA samples from the remains were sent to a lab in Dallas and tested to compare Miller's DNA blood samples obtained from floorboards in the old Lincoln County Courthouse and a bench where Billy's body allegedly was placed after he was shot. According to a 2015 article in the Washington Post, the lab results were useless. In 2004, researchers sought to exhume the remains of Catherine Antrim, Billy's mother, whose DNA would be tested and compared with that of a body buried in William Bonney's grave. As of 2012, her body had not been exhumed. In 2007, author and amateur historian Gail Cooper filed a lawsuit against the Lincoln County Sheriff's Office under the State Inspection of Public Records Act to produce records of the results of the 2006 DNA test and other forensic evidence collected in the Billy the Kid investigations. In April 2012, 133 pages of documents were provided. They offered no conclusive evidence confirming or disproving the generally accepted story of Garrett's killing of Billy, but confirmed the record's existence and that they could have been produced earlier. 2014, Cooper was awarded $100,000 in punitive damages, but the decision was later overturned by the New Mexico Court of Appeals. The lawsuit ultimately cost Lincoln County nearly $300,000. In 2015, historian Robert Stahl petitioned a district court in Fort Sumner asking the state of New Mexico to issue a death certificate for Billy. In 2015, Stahl filed suit in the New Mexico Supreme Court. The suit asked the court to order the state's office of the medical investigator to officially certify Billy's death under New Mexico state law. Is he dead? Was he killed? Or did he escape? And eventually die of old age? Leave me some comments in the comment section below. Or send us a tweet at CTC Podcast one and let's discuss. If there's a topic you want to hear about, let me know. And I'll uh, start a new episode about it. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. And support the channel by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ctcpodcast. And as always, please hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. You have been watching Connect the Conspiracy with your host, Larry Luis. Follow us on Twitter at ctcpodcast1 and on facebook.com slash connecttheconspiracy. You can also find us on Instagram at connecttheconspiracy. If you'd like, you can support the show by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ctcpodcast. Thank you for joining us. Don't let summer end without seeing the movie event of the year. Nice. Experience Top Gun Maverick on the biggest screen possible. Are you ready? Damn right. Tom Cruise. Top Gun Maverick. Rated PG-13.